Welcome to another edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. This is John Krasinski, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. And today we are going to take a look, a closer look at this big matchup this week between the Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC and the Memphis 901 FC, which has been a surprising club this year in uh, the USL Championship, in, especially in that they started off the season with a 3-0 loss at home against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And all of a sudden, they've kind of turned things up a notch this year um, after barely getting into the playoffs for the first time ever in their club history. Last year, um, head coach Ben Perman um, has really gotten his squad um, up to snuff, and they're doing some really good things. Um, they have compiled a record of 14 uh, wins, five losses, and three draws. They uh, are sitting at 45 points in third place in USL Championship, two points ahead of the Riverhounds, who are red hot. Basically, all the teams in the top four uh, of the Eastern Conference of the USL Championship are playing lights out. And so it's now comes one of those big showdowns between two of those teams. So essentially right now, third place is at stake, the Riverhounds and Memphis winner. Uh, if the Riverhounds could win, they'll jump Memphis by a point um, with a long way to go still in the second half of the USL championship season. Um, so just some things uh, on Memphis. Uh, Philip Goodrum has come out of nowhere, a former UNC Wilmington player who was drafted by Atlanta United, um, now has 13 goals. He's uh, even ahead of the Hounds' um, Russell Cicerone, who has 11. Um, it's been an impressive season for this young player uh, who spent the last two years playing with Atlanta United too, and is now um, coming into his own with Memphis. So um, there's some other players and some other things we're going to learn a little bit more about Memphis uh, as we prepare uh, on this podcast. But first, before we do that, I'd like to bring bring on um, John Varlas uh, from the Daily Memphian. John is uh, covering Memphis 901 um, FC, and uh, he can definitely give us a lot more insight on this resurgent club, um, which the Riverhounds will definitely be tested against this Saturday at Highmark Stadium, 7 p.m. All right, with me uh, is John Varlas of the Daily Memphian. Um, we don't have any papers called the Daily Pittsburghians or Pittsburgher or Yinzer or whatever we want to call it, but there's a Daily Memphian um, uh, and, and John Varlas, you cover sports uh, in Memphis today. You're out covering uh, the PGA event out there, but but you have been on the beat and following Memphis 901 FC. John, welcome to uh, Sounding Off on Soccer. Appreciate you having me. And, and uh, just for the record, I would uh, I would read a paper called the Daily Yenzer. I think that's uh, probably a pretty cool paper, or it would that, be. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. We we just we just come out and just you know just call ourselves Yenzers in Pittsburgh. You know, we're we're just kind of like yeah. that. Uh, so um, yeah, yeah no. Pittsburgh's a great town. I'm I'm excited to join you and talk a little soccer. All right. Well, we don't. You know, interesting. The first time these two teams met, uh, the the Riverhounds and Memphis 901 FC, it was the first match of the season. Um, the Hounds have essentially owned Memphis 901 FC since Memphis has come into the league. But this year, ever since that three nothing loss in the opener, uh, Memphis, you know, head coach Ben Perman has really gotten his team to play pretty some pretty good soccer, haven't he? Haven't they? 
They really have, and 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 uh, John, I don't I don't think that game was was indicative. I mean, you know, clearly it wasn't indicative of of the strength of of this year's Memphis team. I mean, it was it was three zero. It was you know maybe not even that close. You know, Memphis had some uh, some some red cards. It was their, you know their first game of the year. They were incorporating a lot of new faces into it, and, and it's just one of those matches that kind of just you know escalated quickly for Memphis and, and got out of hand really quickly. But yeah, they've been able to. I mean, they flushed that one and, and moved forward, and and I, I think it's fair to say they're you know easily one of the su- surprise teams in the entire championship, and and certainly a surprise to me. I I have to be a hundred percent honest with you and your audience. Yeah. I I did not see this this coming from this bunch this year. I really didn't. What did you see coming into the season? Um, did you see maybe a little bit more progress? There was a lot of uh, roster turnover. I think there were only four players who came back from last year's squad. Yeah, and, and that and that's and that's what concerned me the most, John. I think I think you know with the success that they had last year, you know, reaching the the playoffs for the first time in in the uh, history of the franchise, um, you know, and then and then like you say, they lost so many guys. You know, they lost uh, you know they lost uh, you know the all time single season goal scorer in club history, Kyle Murphy. He went to Miami. They lost a uh, you know a, a great great fullback in in Mark Segbers who who also went to Miami they they lost lots of other vital you know pieces and, and components to the team and you know I, and I just had question marks and then you know when they when they uh, you know started filling this uh, this roster this year you know they brought on a lot of guys from uh, you know from uh, from League One you know they brought along brought in some guys who had, you know, maybe been at, at the MLS level but hadn't played much, you know, just guys you really don't know a lot about and, and aren't that familiar with. So, I mean, that's I think that's where the question was. But, you know, credit to the to the front office, credit to, um, you know, sporting director Tim Howard and, and the assistant sporting director Caleb uh, Caleb Patterson Sewell. I mean, they, they've done their homework. They brought in guys who have fit the culture and, and guys that, you know, maybe they're not, you know, sexy names, but they can play some really, really good soccer. Now you brought up Tim Howard's name. I mean, how involved has he been? He's sporting director, so I would imagine he's got a lot of say in personnel decisions. He does. He knows it. to be quite a say in in um, in scouting and signing and you know player evaluation and all that. I think you really have to give a, a ton of credit to. Uh, front of uh you know from the media side of it you know he's done a lot of media availability this year he's done a great job of explaining the uh you know the philosophy some of the signings and the full some of the recruitment that they've done this year and things so yeah he i think he's been a tremendous addition to the staff and you know i i I think for for uh you know uncovering some of these they've been able to All right. Yeah. So uh, and from a personnel standpoint, I mean, one player, I mean, I don't know if we saw this coming was Philip Goodrum's 13 goals. I mean, he he had a nice little couple of years in Atlanta. He was a, you know, a super draft pick, but um, I think he's had an opportunity to really blossom with Memphis. Player was, you know, a little
Sorry there, we might have had an interruption, but Philip Good- Goodrum, I had asked you about him and uh, his performance. Uh, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, no, I think Philip was one of the players I was talking about. Right. Uh, he, uh, he had, you know, a couple of years at MLS. He's been quite candid in, in saying that he, um, you know, he was frustrated by his time there, felt he had something to prove. And he, you know, he certainly played this year like a like a man with something to prove. He, he's been a revelation. He, you know, come in and like you said, thirteen goals leads the team. You know, provided some great attacking flair up top. Provided some great leadership. You know, even though he's a young guy, he's provided some great leadership. And I mean, yeah, that's the you know that's the example of the, the kind of pickup that they've uh, you know been able to to sign this year. Some some of these guys that are you know kind of reclamation projects who have really turned out to be fine players. And then last week we saw the youngest player that the club has signed. I think it was 17 year old Knight, and I might get a mess up his name, but Knight Pickering, Pickering um, scored a goal. Uh, it's just a pretty spectacular yeah. goal at that. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that really exciting. I mean, they, you know, they they really made a big deal about about United. You know, lots of fans, lots of media, like you know, stuff like that, and. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, when I saw that they had signed a 17 year old, I was like, well, you know, they're bringing him in for the Academy, but no, you know, they, they're bringing him in to be part of the first team and, and, you know, due to some injuries and, and because of league. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a thin roster and they had night on the, and yeah, he comes in at, uh, he comes in at the 67 minute mark. They're ahead of Hartford two to one. And, you know, 20 minutes later, he gets a, a bicycle kick goal for his first goal as a pro and, and Unbelievable. I mean, just spectac- yeah, it's just spectacular stuff. I mean, it was a really good bicycle kick too. I mean, not like there's ever a bad bicycle kick, but I mean, this one was particularly good. And I mean, he just, you know, he's just such a, a mature young man. He, he's, you know, he's poised. He's, he's confident. I mean, you can tell he's, you know, you know, been, been around older guys a lot and, uh, and, you know, he's kind of grown up fast, but, he, you know, he's he's definitely one for the future. But you know, to come in and, and make a contribution right away, you know, I I think the sense was, you know, I think the sense is that they're going to try to bring him on slowly. But you know, when you come in and score a goal and make a nice contribution in your in your very first match, I, I think it's fair to say he he will have a you know a chance to contribute for the rest of the season. So what about this? What what should we expect from them, especially on the road? What have you seen from them on the road? That we might expect they they've been like five two and one or something on the road they've been very competitive it's always tough to win on the road um i know they they lost the louisville city as the last loss was a but it was a close tightly contested match which shows that you know they're right up there with the leaders in the, in the, in the top uh teams in the u.s in the eastern conference yeah i i think you know regardless home or away john i think this is a team that's got to push the push the pace, dictate the pressure, um, you know, like you said, and it's, and it's very true. They've had uh, their Pittsburgh ever since they've been in the league, but, you know, they've had their share of trouble with Louisville as well. I mean, those two teams are, are really, you know, been tough matchups for Memphis, but, you know, they, they've grown in confidence this year. They've, they've, they've really, you know, I, I think they're really on to a good thing with, with team chemistry and, and, and energy and, and, uh, you know, knowing roles and that kind of thing. So I think they're comfortable playing away, you know, the same, you know, pretty much the same as they do at home. I think they're going to go out and, and look to look to score, look to get it up fast and build from the back. And, 
and uh, and try to create some chances. Um, you know, we'll see if it works, but but um, but I think that's going to be the approach. What about when things get physical with this team? How do they handle that sort of game? You, from what you've seen, they they they're 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 a bunch. They they're a, they can scrap with you. I mean, they, they've had their mm-hmm. you know they've had their moments. I know at the end of the uh, at the at the end of the Hartford match, there was there was some drama because uh, one of our one of our midfielders, Laurent Kissy, do felt he had been. Uh, Felt he had been stomped on, and felt the referee was not uh, not doing his due diligence in, in protecting him. And so, it, it, you know, there was a a lengthy um, you know uh, lengthy discussion at the end of the Hartford match with all the players and coaches and everything. So, so this team this team's not afraid to mix it up. Um, I, I don't know that that's their preferred style. They've got right. you know they've got a lot of you know skillful guys, and I don't know if that's what they prefer to do. But they can certainly get after it if, if the case may be. So in terms of any injuries or anything that we should be aware of um, on their end, I don't believe, I know the Riverhounds will have one player out, um, Mark Ibarra, for sitting out of, uh, had a double yellow red card um, last week. But um, on the Memphis end, what, how's everything look in terms of their roster? They're getting, they're getting healthy. They're, I, I think more than anything right now, John, they're just, they're just really tired. I mean, they, they've, uh, they don't have a, a deep team this year and, and a lot of guys have had to play a lot of minutes. I know Aaron Malloy, who was a, a new guy this year in midfield. He's been, he's been really, really good. I know, I know Aaron's tired and he's got, you know, some nagging knocks. I know, uh, Chris Allen, another midfielder's got some knocks. Uh, Kiss You Do has been out. For, he was out for, you know, basically the entire season and he's only just now come fitness um but I, I expect him to be available i think the only person that will that will um you know last season and they made him permanent at the start of this season he's a very good center back and but, uh, other than that I, I think you know they're getting healthy and uh you know everybody's going to have their aches and pains this time of year and like i say this is not a, a particularly deep team but i think they're I think they're in decent shape health-wise. I think that's a good, I mean, for the Riverhound sign, I think the Riverhounds are probably one of the deepest teams they've ever had. And they've run into that issue in the past over the, these, these seasons. I mean, the 34 games and they try to squeeze it in, um, you know, this year, even sooner, finishing even earlier in mid-October. So it's, it's definitely a grind. And these guys have to go through that, um, so it, I did notice that because I was looking at the roster and looking at the minutes played. Now, I think the Memphis had about 17 or 18 guys who've started matches, which is pretty decent spread uh, of minutes. But but yeah, depth is is always an issue. I, one player I wanted to ask you about um, what you've if you've seen uh, much of him at all. He, he does have some Western Pennsylvania roots is David Egbo, uh, who went to Kiskey Prep here in Western Pennsylvania before he went on and played at Akron. Um, I know he's had some time. I think he's made about eight appearances and three or four starts or, or something around that. Um, any thoughts on David and, and how he's uh, fit in with this group? Yeah, David, David actually got this, got the start in the Hartford match. Um, and, and I may be wrong about this, but I think it was his first start of the season. He's primarily been in a, in a reserve role. Right. Um, but he, you know, Due, due to the suspension to Goodrum and the injuries, you know, that I mentioned in the last match, he got the start. 
played played fairly well. I mean, he's a he's a you know your your audience is probably familiar with him, but he's a he's a small guy, but he's you know a, a quick quick little player. You know, gets himself in decent position, and you know he was effective against Hartford for sure. I I think he uh, I think he's been a little slow to find his footing in, in Memphis for for whatever reason. I don't know that he's uh, necessarily contributed as much as I as they thought he would. You know, bringing him in with some some good accolades and a, and a really good resume. Um, but you know, there's still lots of season left, and, and like I say, with the roster being as is kind of limited as it is, you know, there's there's going to be plenty of chances for David to shine, and hopefully he can do it. Um, you know, back home, uh, back home Saturday. Yeah, and then another player that we had connections with is he's actually on the Riverhounds roster now is Edward Kiza, uh, who played at Pitt, and then um, was drafted by the Revolution, New, New England Revolution, and was loaned to Memphis this year. Got a little bit of time, but then he went back to New England, and now he's in, back in Pittsburgh. So it's kind of something you you don't see too too often as a player gets loaned out to two different teams in the same season. But again, it seems like with the success that Goodrum had, some other guys like Egbo, some good attackers, um, you know, Aaron Malloy is up there, and, and Jeremy Kelly, and these guys are all scoring goals. So probably just Kiza was kind of let didn't really have an opportunity to play as much. No, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head when you've got a, a striker who's basically been in, in form all season long, like Phil Bidrum has. Right. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned, I'm you mentioned too, I've, I've, not to mention him to this point because mm. he's tremendous. I mean, here's a guy who, I mean, he can pretty much play any position on the, on the, on the field, except for, you know, center back and, and goalkeeper, I guess, but he, you know, he contributes up top. He contributes out on the wing. You know, I, I like to come with this army knife and just open him up and use him for whatever. He, he's been for several, several um, you know, team with the loose tensions and, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I hate to see where this team would be without Jeremy. Because, you know, All right. So, um, John, any any thoughts or predictions on this match? I mean, you've seen a lot of this club this year. Uh, you don't anticipate another three nothing match. I don't anticipate another three nothing match. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope for Memphis not three zero. I mean, the Pittsburgh owns Memphis, and and they've got to get past that you know that mental hurdle of 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 you know and Pittsburgh and and uh, you know and and and, 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 and history. Um, but you know that having said, Memphis is in good. Play good. I will. Uh, I will be a total homer, and I will predict a a spirited draw. How does that sound? That sounds. Uh, you know what? I could. I mean, I could see it th- if you look from top to bottom. If you just looked on paper, and then seen both teams play a little bit this year, excluding the three nothing match, I think you would say this. This is going to be a tightly contested match. One a bounce here, a bounce there. And I think both teams are defensively pretty strong too. So um, maybe not a whole lot to give um, either. So uh, in Highmark stadium, um, you know, on a hot day, it could be, uh, could be an interesting uh, tight match where neither team uh, might not be taking as many chances, but we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a fun match. I'm going to definitely be tuning in, uh, you know, on TV uh, here at the golf tournament, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. A lot, lots of respect for Pittsburgh. I think, I think Pittsburgh is, you know, certainly one of the model franchises in the league, and I think it's something that uh, 
a, a newer club like Memphis, you know, aspires to, you know, stability, you know, good, good, you know, a good team year in and year out, you know, it's just, just seems like a really, really good solid franchise you got out there. And, and I think it's something for Memphis to build towards. Certainly. And we're happy to have another market like Memphis. I mean, that's just for us to, for the Hound, you know, it's, we're not going, I mean, no disrespect to some of the franchises that were in the USL championship years ago, but, you know, to see more Birmingham, Memphis, you know, Indianapolis, Louisville, these are, you know, this is, this is exciting. And I think these are the type of cities that where the game can only continue to grow. Have you seen that growth in Memphis uh, of interest and people getting behind this club? It's interesting, John. There's, I mean, there's a solid, solid core of, of soccer fans in Memphis. I mean, when you, when you look at TV ratings for stuff like, you know, uh, English Premier League matches and, and World Cups and, you know, friendlies and stuff like that, Memphis is always a pretty, a pretty highly, you know, a pretty good city in terms of like ratings and viewers and that kind of stuff. For whatever reason, um, and I don't know what it is, but the, the attendance this year, despite the success of the team, is, is not you know, not where, where I hoped it would be, not where I think it should be, considering how good this team is. You know, you hear it all the time, you know, well, we'll support a winner. Well, you know, they're winning. They're, I mean, they're, they're clearly one of the best teams this year in, in the league, and they have been, you know, basically from the start of the season. So the attendance is not, honestly, John, where I think it should be. I, I hope it gets better. But, you know, the problem you have in Memphis, you know, actually this time, you know, we're, we're, you know, um, about 90 minutes away from the University of Mississippi and we're, you know, we're close to Mississippi State where, you know, we're about six hours away from, from the University of Tennessee where we're fairly close to the University of Arkansas. And then you have the University of Memphis, which has a, a pretty solid program here right in town. So, it, it, it you know, fall is, is tough and going to just make it that much tougher where it hasn't been great to start with. But, you know, I think this. I think the ownership is in in it for the long haul. I think you know signing signing Pickering is is a is a, is a clear indication of that. So, so I I don't think there's any danger right now of, of the team bailing on us. But I I just don't. I'm just not um, mm-hmm. honestly just not happy with where the attendance has been this year. Well, and that's a that's a something which has been experienced to many many uh, franchises um, in. In USL Championship, Pittsburgh has been through that um, time and time again. You know, it's it's been a, it's been an uphill battle for sure uh, for relevance. It's a, an uphill battle for um, to just to get the the average sports fan get get the general consumers um, out there. Like you said, I think that diehard group is there. We have that here in Pittsburgh too. Same that diehard group. It's just building upon that, and sometimes the winning helps. Sometimes maybe a new stadium, you know, those kind of things help too. soccer only stadium. I know that's probably a whole nother uh, podcast, a discussion item. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that, you know, definitely could fuel the, you know, the, the flame, uh, get people excited about, uh, about it as well. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what, an, another interesting thing too, and I, I don't know, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily anybody to, to blame for this necessarily, but, you know, there's there's a significant um, population in in Memphis from uh, from Mexico and, and South America. You know, countries where 
where they, you know, live, live, eat and breathe soccer 24 hours a day. And, and for whatever, for whatever reason, they're not, you know, they don't, they don't seem to really be tapping into that audience either. And, and it's, you know, I know it's frustrating. I know they're trying. I mean, we had a, a friendly match here a couple of years ago with one of the, uh, one of the teams from Mexico came and, and played friendly. And I mean, and it was jam packed. It was, you know, sell complete sellout, great atmosphere, you know, songs. And, and, and just, I mean, it was just a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, the audience hasn't returned, you know, for the regular matches. And I, I don't necessarily know why that is. And I, I hope they can fix it because I think that's a, a, a portion of the fan base that's, you know, not being served right now and, and could really help benefit the club. That's really interesting. And yeah, I mean, I think that Pittsburgh has experienced some level of that too, more along the lines of, um, you know, hey, I support it. I have a favorite EPL team. You know, I'm into. I won't go until MLS comes here. So there's some of that, and I think the the Riverhounds have have been chipping away at that and getting a little bit more people involved with each year. Uh, but it's it's just it's tough. I mean, because same thing when you had a. a I'm trying to think going back. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a long time. Wigan FC came and played the Hounds in an exhibition at a Highmark Stadium in 2013, I believe it was. And I mean, you mm-hmm. couldn't, you couldn't even, I mean, it was just packed with all the wall people. Um, we haven't really seen that except for some of the playoffs and, you know, the, when the team has been, um, yeah, the playoffs, some of the playoff games and some in the last few years, we've had some decent crowds, but, um, but yeah, that, that, level of that atmosphere is sometimes it's it's hard to replace uh, it's hard to maintain that i guess um throughout the course of a 16 game season um in some of these markets like pittsburgh or memphis where there's a lot of other things going on but, yeah and 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 the thing you know the thing of it is too i talk to people all the time and when they you know when they come to the match you know you know folks that aren't necessarily soccer fans you know just people that want a fun night out they they have a great time whenever they come and and you know but, but for whatever reason you know it seems like they 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 come once have a great time and then and, and they don't return just that like i said that that base that's there pretty consistently you know every week that you know that three four five thousand that's there pretty much can but to get it up to you know, eight, 9,000, which would be the capacity of the stadium is, it, you know, there's just something missing right now. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, obviously it looks like a playoff bound team. Everybody wants to get that home playoff match. So the Hounds, this is a big one for both clubs, really. I think if the Hounds win, they, it's going to be, I think it's going to be neck and neck through the rest of the season. But if the Hounds can win this match, I think it puts them in a pretty good position. Um, they, they have very, very, very high expectations this year. They have a, that type of roster. So um, I'm sure Memphis is, I'm not going to say that they're happy to be there. I think they want to, I'm sure they want to, you know, aspire to be at the top of the standings, but um, I, I, that's, it's going to be very interesting. I think this match will, will dictate kind of how this, the, you know, second, third and fourth place will go. I think it might be a, a, a pivotal match. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, and yeah, I, I think maybe, you know, maybe first month of the season. Yeah. Maybe Memphis was happy to be, be there, but now, you know, now they've had a, a taste of winning. They have, they've had a taste of, you know, kind of the season. And, and I think, you know, I think the thinking over there, they feel like they can go toe to toe with the, 
with the Pittsburgh and the, the Louisville's of the world and, 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 uh, and, you know, that they can now play those guys on, on, on uh, level terms, you know, like I said, Saturday, what that remains to be seen if they get out. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun match. I think it's two, you know, two pretty evenly matched clubs. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, and a draw for Memphis would be good. I mean, it would keep the Hounds two points uh, behind them. And then I think that uh, at the very least would, put them in a pretty good spot to, to, to stay where they need to be and, and keep knocking on the door. So really looking forward to it on Saturday. John, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really appreciate your time today. I know you're busy with the golf tournament and uh, we look forward to this matchup on Saturday. Not at all, man. I'm, I am always excited to uh, talk. game. I'm just, I'm just pretending to be a, a golf reporter, but I actually know a, know a thing or two about soccer. So I really appreciate <laughs> you having me, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Uh, and we'll talk soon. We'll talk again. You got it. Thank you, John. All right. Take care. All right. That was uh, John Varless from the Daily Memphian. Um, so apologies if he did cut in and out a little bit there um, in the middle of the interview, but lots of really good perspective uh, from John. I, I found it very interesting that um, you know, that this is that he senses that this is a team, this is a club that's just building confidence and they have nothing to lose. I mean, they're going to come to Pittsburgh with that mentality of like, hey, we've got nothing to lose. And um, they're, they're, they want to push the pace. Um, they're going to want to pressure the Hounds. They're comfortable playing it out of the back. So if the Hounds press them, I think they'll be able to um, play with composure. Um, I think they've come a long way since that 3 nothing result. So I, I really do anticipate this uh, to be a very uh, competitive, tough match for the Hounds on Saturday. And I'm sure that's exactly how Bob Lilly feels um, as he prepares his team this week. So as we prepare, move forward, we anticipate Pittsburgh Soccer now to have full coverage on Saturday. So make sure you stay tuned. Keep uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and on social media accounts. Um, and we will post a preview for the match on Saturday and we will have full coverage on site. So look forward to that. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you again on Sounding Off on Soccer. As the high school and college season approaches, we've got a lot of really good content coming. So looking forward to that. But until then, we'll talk to you on Saturday when we will be live from Highmark Stadium.